All right. This week on Have a Drink, we're talking about no style this week. Okay. So what's the event? No event. All right. Um, good show, everyone. Uh, wait, wait. We're, we're talking about a brewery. Is that allowed? I'm being told we make the rules, so yes. All right. So today's episode, we're talking about one of our favorite breweries, uh, the Boston Beer Company. We're going to talk a little bit of history, talk about what they make, and discuss some of our favorites from them. So come in and have a drink. to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier and i'm christopher walker sorry there's all these technical issues have <laughs> arisen for this episode and it's just messing everything up are we, are we taking three no i'm just i'm just bitching on air that's fine. oh okay <laughs> no we do everything in one take guys we're one take one tank have a drink that's what old jack yeah, warner used yeah. to call us sorry west wing references um when so obviously we haven't watched that so <laughs> yeah no i was like this is the wrong crowd for that uh somewhere i'm hoping there's a listener that's just like yeah west wing oh the 90s <laughs> Wait, the 90s? uh i have no idea how long that show went on uh a while? eight years okay <laughs> definitely it, it was it, seven eight years something like that it was it was, it was an administration two terms hmm <laughs> Time you mean it wasn't it? like MASH where people had to go, you know? No, but it did have Alan Alda in it in its last couple seasons. As uh, as Republican Hawkeye is what I used to call him. Anyway, uh, other than TV trivia, uh, how's everybody doing? Right. Um, no, we're good. We do have a, a minor thing. We're, I'm calling it a correction more than, more than anything else. Uh, so a friend and a listener, Pat uh, Patrick talked about the uh he was listening through the episodes and he got to the Oktoberfest episode and apparently i guess we talked about the like not understanding i guess the difference between german potato salad and american potato salad he said the difference is the mustard apparently although look, german potato salad's pretty tangy like i have to feel like there's something else going on there look i was drinking i i don't know what we were talking about <laughs> i mean and i I don't like potato salad or mustard. Mustard being the prime reason I don't like potato salad. So <laughs> I couldn't tell you the difference. Hmm. Yeah, right. no. Uh, but still, good to know. <laughs> hey, yeah. Any, any, anything, any corrections or feedback is good. So, yay. No, and I like knowing things. And I like knowing when we're when we're wrong or learning or whatever. Yes, always feel free to let us know when we're wrong. Happens a lot. 
But all right, let's all learn something together and move into some news. Okay, our first story uh, coming out of St. Louis, but Schlafly beer. Schlafly. I knew I would do it. <laughs> I was waiting too. I'm like, oh, yeah. he's going to. Oh, I'm you, ready for you him. Know I would. Anyway, they're expanding their brewery. It kind of. Uh, that I don't agree with saying expanding, but anyway, uh, quarter quarter century after the St. Louis brewery sold its first pint of Schlafly beer to the Tap Room Brew Pub downtown, St. Louis' largest craft brewer has run out of capacity at its two St. Louis area locations. To solve that problem, at least for the short term, they will spend a million dollars to double capacity at their Bottleworks Brewery in Maplewood. Well, if they could just give me a million dollars to to go around and just put in tables, whatever. <laughs> we'll make a patio seating. I, I don't care how cold it is. I actually think one of the things I learned from uh, this article was uh, this next little bit. Leading the Bottleworks expansion is beer industry veteran James Pendergraft, who was hired as their CEO a year ago. Uh, he's a St. Louis native. Pendergraph was a marketing executive at New York-based North American Breweries, owner of multiple U.S. breweries, prior to coming to them. Uh, he's also, or he was also the president of Labatt USA for several years. And in the mid-2000s, he worked at InBev. Mm. No, I mean, man's got to eat. Yeah, but he's got... He's got some records. Yeah, he's got yeah. a pedigree in there. I mean, all the names, everything I named off, everyone knows. <laughs> so he's he's like best in show for. Yeah, um, but anyway, they're it's more of a remodel than anything because they aren't buying a new facility or actually building on to anything. Uh, it's at their or Pentagraph said Bottleworks structure at seventy two sixty Southwest Avenue won't be enlarged. But the equipment and layout inside the brewery is being designed to brew more efficiently. The brewery expects to finish upgrades to the bottling line this spring, and then it will install up to six more fermentation tanks next year. Hmm. When all the improvements are completed in 2017, the bottle works will be able to brew just under 90,000 barrels annually, up from 45,000 now. So, yeah, they are going to double capacity by rearranging some things. Pendergraph said the the bottleworks structure at 7260 Southwest Avenue won't be enlarged, but the equipment and layout inside the brewery is being designed to brew more efficiently. Yeah, still though, like even if it's not a if it's not a it's just a remodel instead of a full-on expansion, if they've got more room to to put in more, you know, to brew more barrels, I'm going to call that close enough to an expansion. They're making more anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess they're expanding with their fermentation tanks, really. Yeah. And that's that's what matters. Right. As long as they can make more, I'm cool with it. I don't care who they can sit in there. Well, Unless they want to pay me a million dollars to put in seats everywhere, I, I will do that. <laughs> well, along with the tanks, they actually are expanding a couple other, well, at least one more thing. Uh, as part of this expansion, they're adding... Yeah, they're also adding uh, another shift. They already have two shifts brewing, but they're going to add a third. So this particular brewery will be brewing beer 24 hours a day. Man, I'll brew third shift in St. Louis. Give me a job right now. I don't know anything, and I'll do a terrible job at it. But <laughs> Yeah, apparently what has uh, spurred this 
is they're saying it was critical because they've been remaining flat for the past three yeah. years. They've seen zero growth because yeah. they're brewing absolutely at capacity. They can't get more product out there. They can't grow into more markets. They've just been kind of sitting there. So they had to do something. There's a, there's a line in the article where it's mentioning, uh, uh, it mentions you know, all the, the places being bought out more by Anheuser-Busch uh, to make it more competitive for Schlafly. And all I can think is like, yeah, but if Schlafly's not growing, they can't make the kind of money when InBev buys them. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> Not that they're going to, but... <laughs> well, at the end of the article, they're talking about future growth, which actually kind of gets me really excited to have read about that. Uh, they're looking, with their expanding, their sales went to 15 new states, including Washington, D.C., this past year. D.C. is a state? It's not a state, but that's why they included it different. They said 15 states and Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> but yes, uh, the founders and owners have publicly expressed their interest in adding a third brewery in St. Louis. And the Maplewood expansion doesn't change those plans. So they will keep this expansion going. They will get bigger and bigger. And with the recent flurry of acquisitions of craft breweries by the big beer companies, uh, Pendergraft said they won't be among them. Good. In a quote, he said, we're not for sale. But he did also follow up with, we would definitely be on the buying side of the equation. If there is an opportunity, we'd look at it. Ooh. So you may actually see them start to gobble up some other smaller breweries, which, I mean... To see a craft brewer start buying other craft brewers would be, I don't know, I'm okay with that. I'm on the one hand kind of okay with it, and on the other I'm just thinking like, well, I don't know how they keep doing that. They probably wouldn't be craft, but you get big enough, then then you're in the big league game, I guess. I don't know. I didn't realize they were that large or that, that much of a... I don't know. I guess I didn't realize their business was so huge in that they could talk about buying up places and then ex making such an expansion and you know that kind of thing. I guess uh, we I've only recently rec realized their brand being a thing. I, I don't know. I see a lot of their their stuff at you know whatever beer bars I'm at. You know places that aren't just like hey let's play loud music and uh, and just serve shots and mixed drinks, but like literal beer bars. Um, yeah, like I see them a lot. Places. Yeah, no, they're – I didn't think they were quite that big, big enough to be thinking about doing some some, some purchasing later, but yeah, good on, but good on them. Yeah, I can't remember what the barrelage is before they're not – before they're too big to be considered craft, but I guess we, – We said it once upon a time, but I don't have yeah, photographic memory. My memory is not there. I, I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, oh, what was it? And I was like, oh, crap, I'll never remember. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, I think I saw in one of our stories before uh, a couple weeks ago about how Yingling is now this year expected to not be considered a craft beer anymore because they are surpassing barrelage. Mm. Yeah, the yeah. sheer numbers. Yeah, just, well, and they, they've been around so long that I'm just thinking, like, are, can you really call them craft? I guess, but whatever. And I was thinking not. craft being a recent thing, and now you can't because because of volume, but. Anyway, yeah. anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, our next story 
the headline kind of grabbed me at first. Uh, why farm to keg brewing is the next big beer trend. And we all know about, in just about every major city, there are a couple really fancy restaurants that are farm to table. Like they have a farm outside of town where they grow everything and raise all the livestock themselves. It's all very they Portlandia. Should a, they should have a farm inside their building, just. Just a really tiny farm, make tiny cows. <laughs> and tiny little sheep, and we can make tiny little sweaters and sell them in the gift shop. So it'll be sweaters can for the I... beers, the, the beer bottle sweaters. <laughs> uh, come buy at Tiny Foods. But yeah, I, had, I saw an, another story about this uh, over the past week about how uh, some breweries are starting to buy up farmland. I and so. I guess it's becoming a nationwide phenomenon at this point to where it's going to be something that everyone's talking about this year. But a lot of breweries are starting to buy up farmland and grow all their own ingredients. And I had more of a feeling that it came out of the hop shortage of the past few. There's been two in like the past decade that left a lot of these breweries really hurting. We hop too much. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess, you know, they're buying up land, putting in some, some, somewhere to grow some wheat, barley, whatever. And some hops, and, yes. <laughs> and some hops. Uh, I guess so they can just put that together and brew their own stuff. But, yeah, so they don't have cool. to order it from some other farm somewhere else and have it shipped in. They can cut a lot of that out. They can reduce their shipping costs and everything. Yeah, but and then again, I'm also going like, but what about the poor farmer that's been growing hops all this time? Well, they'll be the poor farmer now. But really, uh, in the article, they're saying it's all possible thanks to new laws in several states that have given farm-based microbreweries such as Bigfoot Brewing, and I've seen them before. I didn't realize, hey, they're growing their own stuff now. But they're out of New York, and Dirt Farm Brewing in Virginia. Can't say I've heard of them. Uh, I haven't either, but there's a there's an interesting picture here about stuff that they're adding. They're also growing their own adjuncts there, and that makes more sense to me now. Yeah, the adjuncts mm. thing is really what makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I they have a picture here in the article of like peppers. Yeah, and, and I went, oh my god, you're right. You know, like jalapeno pepper beer. Like, okay, no, I get it now. I understand. <laughs> I was a, a fool. <laughs> It's just a Pinterest picture of random adjuncts because it's kind of a funny picture because you look at all those things and go, no, no one's going to put all those things in a single beer. It would be disgusting. I'll still try it. <laughs> I may not like it, but I'll try it. But also in this article, they mention something I surprisingly didn't know about, uh, that Rogue has actually been doing this for quite a while. Uh, they introduced a farm in 2008, the same year of the hop crisis. Uh, if I had scrolled down further, I would have seen the Revolution banner <laughs> on one of their hop farms. Yeah, you can see I'm well prepared. But the hop crisis came out of a combination of bad weather and a shortage of hop production that struck yeah. fear into the hearts of microbrewers, who <laughs> unlike big beer firms didn't have the long-standing contracts with farms. <laughs> they didn't say, no, I don't care if the harvest didn't come in. You're giving me those hops. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Rogue was I, right on the cusp of it. They, I guess, could s almost see into the future and, and could tell, ah, we need to do something about this. Yeah. 
Well, and imagine, you know, maybe they were thinking they'd, they'd keep growing some of their stuff and they thought, you know what we should do? We should start making our own hops. Why? Just in case. Yeah. Have a stock, you know. Because why not? <laughs> yeah, maybe be less reliant on, on the stuff they were doing, I guess. Yeah, I like a lot of... efficiency and all that. A lot of the like quotes from Rogue. Uh, we didn't want to have to tell our hop master, we don't have any hops for you. We stumbled on to the idea, but it worked out well. So we thought, why can't we grow barley too? And then yeah. they kept growing and growing. They're actually growing 200 acres of barley along with jalapeno, cucumbers, merino berries for specialty beers. Cucumbers. Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to go on record. Cucumbers are just unfinished pickles. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you don't like those. <laughs> they don't belong to anything until they're pickled. Um, I also don't want pickles necessarily in my beer, but I have, I have a cucumber aversion. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't like cucumbers as much, but I'm all right with pickles, especially if they're deep fried. Oh, well, that doesn't count. You can deep fry anything and it tastes good. Look, you, you eat a pickle spear, batter it, and deep fry that thing. Mm. Sorry. But yeah, uh, the story, I just kind of wanted to bring that in because, I don't know, it made me chuckle. And I also think it's a good idea because if you're looking for a really fresh beer, I mean, expect to see some extremely fresh IPAs this year coming. They grow in their own hops. They can add as much as they want. Exactly. <laughs> but... Be more hop than beer now. Twisted and evil. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of twisted and evil... Moving into our final story, uh, there was another brewer that had this issue. But Goose Island is recalling a couple of the variants of their Bourbon County uh, stout. Well, they weren't all stouts, but so they just they're recalling it because they they're going to drink it all. And they said that you're not good enough for our beer, right? Exactly. They said no, no, you don't get to drink our beer. It's too good. Actually, what happened was after a. Okay, when the Bourbon County coffee, it was the Bourbon County coffee and the Bourbon County barley wine. I think there's five different variants that they put out every year on Black Friday. And these two this year had an issue. People line up for this stuff. I got laughed at when I walked in a day after looking for some at a liquor store. And they were like, no, it was gone in 12 minutes. And I was just like, oh, well, now I know I need to camp out for beer on Black Friday as opposed (laughs) to a TV Right. Who wants a TV? You can't drink a TV. <laughs> but you can watch well, people drink on a TV. <laughs> Maybe if your blender is strong enough, you can drink a TV. But they uh, put out a statement. It says, uh, it has come to our attention that since bottling the 2015 Bourbon County Coffee and Bourbon County Barley Wine, they have developed flavors that are not consistent with our expectation of how these beers should taste. That's not to say the beer doesn't taste good. In fact, some drinkers may enjoy it very much. However, it doesn't meet our standards for the taste profile of these beers. I feel like that's a lot of a lot of dancing around them saying, "Look, this beer was bad. Uh, maybe you like it if you like bad beers, but we're not letting you have it." <laughs> yeah, I think it's just really it. It's not meeting the flavor profiles of past years, and you're expected to age this beer on your own. They want you to cellar it. And mm-hmm. Casey on Black Friday, he cleaned out local liquor stores of it and he opened a bottle up and let's have a taste and it's it's very adolescent we'll call it right now so most people wouldn't be figuring this out 
for another like three to five years when they finally go to open these beers up. And then they would be, you know, facing a flavor that they had no idea what it was going to be. And they could be going expecting, you know, that the coffee, the bourbon coffee flavor coming out of that bottle. And then it's kind of soured is what seems to have happened. There's like a sour profile to it, which you do not expect from that. No, no. And I wouldn't want that in my... You know, I wouldn't want that, you know, a couple of years. Like, yeah, it's finally time. I've been waiting patiently. Look, look, look. Oh, no. No, what have I done? Yeah, that, I've just gotten into cellaring beer, and if some stuff I've been sticking in there, I go next year to pop it out, and it's not, you know, oh, this is supposed to be a stout, and then it comes out, like, sour. I'm going to be pretty angry because, mm. <laughs> because not only did I pay a bunch up front for it, then I sat there and had to be patient looking at it. Waiting. Longing for it. But they have followed up. Um, uh, it should be noted that the beer is not technically infected. The beers went out for testing last week and no known beer spoilage organisms were found. However, the no beer known. has... <laughs> no known. However, the beers have developed sour and other flavors that have caused the beer to not be where Goose Island wants it. Yeah, no. It, it, it's good you come forward and tell them because you know. Yeah, and they're saying there's no telling at this point which batches of beer are off taste. Many have said that coffee is their favorite variant of the 2015 release, while while others have had quite a different experience. Uh, uh, there is a little thing they they apparently updated from their Twitter account. Uh, you have until February 29th of this year to get your refund. Yeah, if uh, you were cellaring this and upon hearing this news that your stout may be sour or your barley wine might have some other issues with it, you can return it back. Um, this article from porchdrinking.com has – they're listing they've been hearing most people are getting 12 to $13 for, like per bottle and said they've heard to just under $100. So I'm guessing that person probably had like eight or nine bottles to be getting that much back. Or maybe he had one really expensive bottle. That, that is also possible. <laughs> maybe yeah, they, this... they gave him one growler, and he went, all right, <laughs> I'm going to put this in a cellar. <laughs> but this has been, I don't know, this is the second beer we've heard this from, because Great Lakes had a similar issue, only theirs didn't even make it to shelves. They, yeah, that's like right. The day before they were going to release it, they announced, no, they're not going to sell it. And they just yanked it from distributors and pulled it all back. So I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing trend that every year, you know, you're going out to buy these special batches, not knowing if the beer is going to actually be any good. Recalls happened, though. Like, there was, I think it was last year, there was a, there was a, a corona recall that i remember having to to pull bottles back because they're like no there was something something wrong something happened to these glasses you know somewhere there's there's some kind of infection or some kind of strain of something in them get them off the shelves check to see if you have the these numbers where we distributed it from and then until then until you've been okayed don't put them out so i had like a little quarantined section of beer (laughs) it's like oh I have to wait. But yeah, if uh, you have until February 29th, if you did buy some of the coffee or the barley wine, 
and may want to get a refund for it. Uh, you can, they said to please contact them at 1 800 Goose Me if you want. That's the best phone number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 1 800 Goose Me. <laughs> I want to call them right now, regardless of, I don't even have any. I just want to dial that number. But yeah, it is uh, nice to see them step up and take ownership for this, even though they don't know what caused it. They don't even know what's going on. So they're like, hey, look. The beer's not bad, but you might not like the flavor, so go ahead. We'll buy it back from you. Yeah, and I mean, what's your other option? Let people find out. Let word get out that they put out a – like one year's was really bad. Then you're not going to come back in future years. Yeah. This one, at least you know that they're keeping an eye out for it, and they're they're trying not to screw you over. So, you know, look at it like that anyway. All right. Well, uh does that do us for the news? I think that's going to wrap up news. Right. Well, I guess it's time to move on to our topic. Sorry. <laughs> Pre- premature bumpers. All right. So it's time to talk about the Boston Beer Company. Uh, let's give you a little bit of background. Uh, Jim Conch. Cook. Is that right? Coach. Cook. 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 You're a cook. <laughs> no, going over uh, the notes, she was correcting me constantly. Every time I said his name, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> Jim Cook, uh, the founder of the company. Uh, in 1849, he discovered his great-great-grandfather's recipe. 1984. For, in 1984, he discovered I don't this. Think he's that old. <laughs> uh, whatever. Nineteen eighty four he discovered his uh, great great grandfather's recipe for Lewis Cook's lager. Uh and it was in his father's attic. I just saying that's I'd never find that in my parents' attic. I I wish I would find a really cool recipe for, for beer. I'm picturing this as a real Goonies kind of moment in the attic, messing around when they discover his great great grandfather's recipe. I'm just picturing he opens it up in a book and like it falls out and he looks at the page and somehow the page is glowing. Just, There's oh. a single beam of sunlight coming through the window, illuminating the page. <laughs> he got he got excited though and decided to brew it in his kitchen and kept trying out batches until he got got what he wanted out of it. Uh, and then he decided that he was gonna maybe try selling this, Cha- change the American beer industry. Uh, so he started the Boston Beer Company, and his co-founder and first employee, Rhonda Coleman. Anyone going to correct me on that one? No. Because we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We've been corrected on Cook, at least. <laughs> yeah, I was corrected multiple times. So, uh, But he would walk bar to bar with a briefcase full of beer uh, that he called Samuel Adams Boston Locker. Uh, and recognition of our nation's uh, great founding fathers and uh, the a revolutionary man of independent mind and spirit, also a brewer. Most of the founding fathers were. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them had beer recipes. Yeah. Uh, I love the idea, though, of him going you know, door-to-door, bar-to-bar with a briefcase, and they're just like, what, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? <laughs> that was actually one of their first ad campaigns. I can still remember the commercial. Because they showed him in the commercial going bar to bar with the briefcase full of beers. And he literally just had bottles of Boston Lager in this briefcase. And he would just walk in and pour him a glass and go, so, do you want to sell it? 
I'm just saying if it came if it if if he had gotten big faster and just picturing him just popping into cheers for a commercial, going up to, <laughs> to Ted Danson playing Sam Malone going You wanna buy some? <laughs> like that would have been that would have been cool to me. But uh he did make uh the beer made its public debut. It's official, you know, it's coming out party. Uh <laughs> And Boston, yeah, they debuted it in Boston on Patriots Day in April 1985. Then six weeks later, they put uh, it was selected as the best beer in America in the Great American Beer Festival's Consumer Preference Poll, uh, which they went on to win four times. <laughs> I should say something. <laughs> you know? Like they're just like this is no man, this is really good, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if. I don't know if we end up covering it in this, but I do know with their when they introduced the light uh, lager, oh, I know yeah. it won they because they did another advertising campaign. It won a few years in a row as well. Yeah, no, the uh, kind of award winning reputation here with with Sam Adams. Uh, now they apparently used to brew uh, under contract with the the Pittsburgh Brewing Company, which is best known for the Iron City brand of beer. Uh, and they would contract out to various breweries who had some some excess rooms, a little few unused, uh, uh, few unused areas they could they could brew in, uh, and they would be in places like Stroh Breweries. Uh, I don't even know if that's right. Uh, yeah, Portland's true. original Blitz Weinhard Brewery, uh, which apparently shut up its doors in 1999. Uh, and then in Cincinnati's Hudepal, uh more German. Um, Schoenling? Schoenling. Is, that's, Schoenling. I've never yeah. heard anyone say it a different way. It could still be completely wrong. <laughs> that needs to be its own soundbite for this for this show, by the way. Just, oh, more German. <laughs> uh, but at Hudepal Schoenling's Brewery and, and also at the industry giant Sobmiller. Uh, in the 90s, he went to his hometown of Cincinnati and purchased uh, purchased the Hudepal Schlumming Brewery, where his father apparently apprenticed in the 40s. So the family family is connected with beer pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati, it's his hometown, and he came back here and really helped the city out. He's brought a lot of jobs, and he's brought companies back from the dead. Yeah. Uh, and and this also benefited him too because it it got him to they could with their own sort of area they could stop relying on contract brewing for other places which sounds like a really just difficult way to set up your brewing like hey you got any extra space would you let me brew stuff here but not sell it for you yeah who yeah. was it Casey was talking about there's a guy that does that now with a brand wow. he just oh, goes around um, McKellar I think. Or Keller, something like that. Yeah, and he just goes around, and whenever you know they have downtime on some vats and equipment, he comes in and brews some special stuff, and they release it like, oh, it was brewed in partner with. And apparently, that's how Cook got his start with Sam Adams was just going around, walk, I guess, walking to the door, being like, "Hey, you got some fermenters I could use?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I have some beer. I need to brew it somewhere. You have space. How about we work something out? Oh, will you pay me? Uh, yeah, really. yeah, I guess. I was hoping I could just give you beer and get you drunk. Uh, but no, seriously though. And uh, let's 
let's see. Now they did kind of help set off a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, uh, the craft brewing movement, though. Uh, and by 1995, some 600 independent breweries were producing specialty beers throughout the United States. So they kind of inspired some people like, "Hey, this guy managed to do it. I should try too." Mm-hmm. And they started. Pub- they went public and started selling shares uh, of. It says Class A common stock on the New York Stock Exchange, which you may see under the ticker Sam. I love that. The the yeah. ticker <laughs> emblem is Sam. Yep. Uh, however, these shares don't have much in the way of voting rights. Instead, uh, the company is controlled through Class B common stocks, uh, which uh, Cook owns a hundred percent of those shares. Yeah. He makes all the decisions. Uh, Boston Beer uh, also launched Hardcore Cider in 1997, uh, and then the Twisted Tea brand in 2000. Uh, and then in 2012, they launched the Angry Orchard Hard Cider Company, uh, which is based in Cincinnati, uh, to replace Hardcore Cider. Which I didn't even know about the hardcore cider thing. Like I'd never heard of that, and then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." I'm sure if we looked it up and looked at the label, it'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that." Maybe, yeah. But yeah, a lot of these things you really kind of don't think about, like, "Oh, Twisted Tea owned and it's made by Sam Adams or Boston See, Beer," which we'll cover in a second. Yeah, but I, I still somehow. Uh... I keep forgetting Twisted Tea is owned by them, and it makes much more sense how we when we first found. Uh, I think the first time I had Twisted Tea was in Oktoberfest. Was at Oktoberfest yeah. when they had a booth there, and I was like, "Who brought this booth here?" Sam Adams, the guy who the people who put on a lot of the booths. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, they even because the first year they did it, it was um, there were samples, and and yeah. then you get like the we got like the free cozies. I have no idea what happened to those. And uh, mine's still like over in the corner of this room. I, I use it from time to time because it's like a it's like shuffle. a slap bracelet from yeah. the eighties. Yeah, it's like a slap bracelet cozy. That's great. But yeah, that was and that was probably the best way to experience that. Now there are like three different twisted tea booths at Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it it I'm pretty sure I got like our friend Matt in with him too because he was just oh like, he's oh, all about oh. it. Yeah. He was like, I love this thing. Yeah, because he he likes beer, but he doesn't. Brand, he, he likes other stuff more, I think. It yeah, seems. No, he's he he really enjoys ciders. He loves lambics, uh, but the sweeter stuff. Beer yeah. is one that he's got to get. You know, you have to give him the right kind of beer. Right. And the fact that Although, they're in charge of Angry Orchard as well, because that's another thing that recently has blown up. Oh man, yeah. it, you know, when I look at my the the limited amount of you know bottle space that we have at the bar I work in, uh. It's it's like most of the there's a whole section that I basically have just turned into Sam Adams corner because it's it's got Angry Orchard it's got you know whatever their seasonal Sam is uh, I think we have Twisted Tea but still like there's yeah you don't see it out Sam too many places presence. yeah you, you don't you don't see Twisted Tea out and just like you see it in the stores a lot but not so much in like bars and stuff oddly yeah. enough well you know you serve a lot of of what they are i'm in a restaurant technically but yes they serve a lot of you know tea you you don't want to get someone confused and hand them Mm. twisted tea fair enough i guess although maybe some of these old old ladies coming in on sunday after church want some twisted tea i don't know maybe they need some who knows (laughs) uh okay so uh let's get into so what where the company is now so as we discussed so the boston beer company is actually like 
kind of the top of the tree here. And the Boston Beer Company itself has three separate brands. They have Samuel Adams, which we're all pretty familiar with. Um, Never heard of him. <laughs> um, so I, I tried to give some examples of some stuff that isn't just the standard beers that we know of. So I mean, look, the Boston Lager is really good, though. <laughs> no, it is, yeah. So the Boston Lager we all are pretty much aware of, but then they also have so many other like different signature and different types of beer in like the big pints and and uh, certain themes that they have going with at any given time so they also have their rebel series which is the uh, ipa series which i almost bought this time they have a rebel ipa grapefruit that just came out and then um something called griffin's bow or bow not 100 percent. i think it's bow but that's one of the ones that's like kind of like the gingerbread merrymaker from uh christmas and um oh gosh they had a halloween one i'm pretty sure like a big pumpkin one um the it's got a big jack-o'-lantern on it it's the big pint bottles that are all kinds of different specialty flavors. And then um, 13th Hour, which is one of the three or four, I want to say. Uh, it's 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 also a pint bottle, pint bottle, but it's kind of similar to them putting out wine. It's, it's like a wine of beers. It's very, it's mm. very complex and very uh, strong. Those there, I want to say there are three different versions. Yeah, um, you can buy them in three packs, but they also sell the bottles separate for the different yeah. varieties. And they're they're distinct bottles too, um, and then Utopias, which is a completely different thing altogether. It's that's the two hundred dollar <laughs> only released every odd year. Oh yeah, beer yeah, that's, that's right. in like the very fancy bottle, and of course we've never had it to tell you <laughs> that's what that's about. Yeah, this was a release year, and talking. Last last night, tears. yeah. Last night at D and D, Casey was like, "Oh yeah, Utopius was out this year," and I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I never saw a single bottle anywhere because I'm sure that stuff was gone before it hit the shelf." Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like the Pappy Van Winkle of beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just never gonna find that thing. Kind of well, and and it's two hundred dollars a bottle. So how much are, do you how much do you really want it? You know, like about two hundred dollars. Involved. Want it. Um, yeah, I guess. Depends. Yeah. Um, uh, do I have two hundred extra dollars? Are you guys going to give me two hundred dollars? Because then, yeah, no. Uh. No. Okay. So then the second Samuel Adams with first brand. The second brand is Angry Orchard, which we just kind of talked about, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, that's the hard cider line. So the common, um, I don't know, styles in that brand are the crisp apple, the hop and mad apple, which is cider with hops added in and then the stone dry and then finally you have the twisted tea brand which is hard tea um they have tons tons of more um flavors of this now compared to when we first tried it yeah they have the... no, i've seen a few of the other ones they they look tasty yeah they're all over the place now um they, so they have the original which is just basically just hard tea uh the half and half is half lemonade half tea arnie palmies Yes, mm-hmm. and that's that one is delicious. Um, and then they have strawberry lemonade, which is one of their like more fruitier kind of series that they have. And I didn't even know this, but I found they have a bourbon barrel twisted tea. I'll take ten. I want that. Right, I, I haven't seen this that. anywhere. I have not seen that, but I must have it. But it was listed on their website, and I was like, "What? Yeah." You want the you want the fastest way to get all three of us to be really excited about something? You put <laughs> bourbon barrel on the label, and I'll we'll we'll run to it. 
So now, so if anybody finds that, that would be a great thing to write in about. Like, yeah, what is that about? First of all, I. And you know, I think I know why they would call it uh, half and half instead of calling it the Arnold Palmer because Arnold Palmer <laughs> is a really hard name to say. <laughs> also, it's probably some sort of law about using a guy's name. Uh, yeah. I wonder if it's like trademarked. I'm sure it's trademarked. That'd be weird. Um, okay, so here's here's the part that I guess not everyone is super aware of. So in 2011, Boston Beer Company established a new subsidiary company called Alchemy and Science. It's, yeah. No, alchemy is not science. <laughs> it said alchemy and science. Um, so it's uh, a craft beer incubator headquartered in Burlington, Vermont, led by is craft, Alan... Is that a craft beer or think tank? Pretty much. I, oh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, led by Alan Newman, the original founder of Magic Hat Brewing. So... Alchemy and Science has four different brands under them, or different breweries, I guess, because they're all actually in different locations. Um, the Coney Island one is, is in like New Jersey, and the, Con- the last one's in Florida. But so the first one is called the Traveler Beer Company, which yeah. exclusively brews shandy-style beers, so like the really fruity I, stuff. I had their, their Jacko Traveler Pumpkin Shandy. Yeah, really that good. was really good. It was like it was like pumpkin pie. I mean, it was really crazy. No, I've had a couple of. Uh, I've had one or two of the traveler things. I, I enjoy them. They're nice. I didn't know Sam Adams owned them. Yeah, but, so that, that I think that's th- these are the ones that people just don't think about. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that much about the, the corporate structure of who owns what that much. Yeah, um, and I, I know I've seen the uh, the curious traveler, which is the lemon one. I think like, that was just the, everywhere. That was the first one they came out with, and that was just. Year before last, maybe. That that I, yeah, I don't think they're out. that old. So wait, the elusive traveler grapefruit shandy. I think I don't know if it's that one, but I think that was the one uh, in the tasting episode. Uh, if we were trying to remember, there was a shandy of some kind that that Casey had us try at his bachelor party. That may have been it. That might have been it. Because I want to say there was a grapefruit shandy, and there might have also been a rubeus, but. I want to say something like that because I remember us being really excited to find it. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm not normally a huge fan of the sweeter stuff, but I, I I've had the just the pumpkin one so far, and it was actually pretty great. Um, and you, if in case anyone's not familiar, like it, this this brand is pretty prevalent. I'm not 100 percent where this is based out of, but it's the the labeling has the the mustache, the big like handlebar mustache guy, um, and it's on everything. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's the big one that is kind of exploding now because I guess just you know the fruity stuff and the shandies are pretty popular right now. Yeah. Um, the second one I have straight up never heard of. Um, <laughs> it's Angel nope. City Brewery. Uh, nope, never heard of it. Yeah. So some of the examples I just grabbed some from the website. Uh, Social IPA, Angel City West Coast Wheat, which makes me think maybe it is actually based out of the West Coast, uh, wow. and Angel City Wit. So, well, and, beer. you know, Los Angeles is the city of yeah, yeah. Angeles. I didn't, for some reason, I didn't look up exactly where all these are out of. Um, no, it's okay. I, I'm just guessing maybe it's a West Coast thing, which would be why we haven't yeah haven't had much. Yeah, maybe it's only there. Um, so the Coney Island Brewery is the next one. Coney Island, Coney Island Brewing Company. 
everyone has unless this is only east coast i'm not 100 percent, but it their hard root beer is flipping everywhere like <laughs> it's become all the rage yeah because the hard root beer is a big deal right now it's like a huge trend and this if you don't see the not your father's root beer you're gonna see the coney island hard root beer like that's yeah. those are the two that are just everywhere you could have handed either of those to like 10 year old me yeah. who loved, <laughs> and also 28 year old me still loves root beer but oh my god uh, you would have had a really drunk child in your hand <laughs> that would not have stopped and I still haven't had the Coney Island one. We had we tried the Not Your Father's root beer. Tastes um, just like mug root beer. Yeah. yeah. Except, you know, you get a nice kick at the end. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have a nice kick later when you're <laughs> trashed on root beer, which is interesting. Um, now, the the other thing, though, from the Coney Island one that I'm, I found intriguing, that they have a hard orange cream ale. I want to try this. I want it now. Right, I haven't seen this anywhere. I've seen only the root beer. They and they make beer, so they have a watermelon wheat beer. Um, no, no, no. Say the name because it's a good name. <laughs> Tunnel of Love Watermelon Wheat. No, I like it. I want that one too. But I, I haven't seen any of their other stuff besides the root beer, which is kind of odd. Um, nah, okay, and I, 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 I say I want them. They could be bad. You may have had them, and you may <laughs> think they're awful. I haven't had them. I'm curious. I'm intrigued. Well, as far as the you watermelon, you could warn me away, and I'm still going to try and at least sip. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've had the um, the San Francisco brewery that is the name is escaping me now, the um, Heller High Watermelon of theirs, and it, that was really good. Also a good name, right? Um, <laughs> I saw that was at Whole Foods, and I, that that was a pretty good find. But so I I'd be willing to try the watermelon wheat. It's probably tasty. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the, then the last one is Concrete Beach Brewery. This one's actually based out of Florida. Um, so they, the examples of their stuff, Concrete Common Amber Lager, uh, Rica Wheat IPA, I'm assuming I'm saying that correctly. And then Florida Fest is actually their Oktoberfest made with coconut. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm going to say, all right. I would try it. it. Florida. I'm yeah. going to say I want to try it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's all, it all, we're all just like, yeah. Whatever. Um, it all sounds really intriguing, actually. The what was the uh, <laughs> yeah? Because uh, the when I think of Florida, I do think of them putting like coconut in things for their beer. Uh, and you know what? I've I've had some where that's not been a bad thing. I've had some good hmm. good coconut porters. Yeah, why not? Oh. Um, I forget who made them, but I've had one. Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure they're everywhere. Wait till summer. I'm sure there's going to be some explosion of that too. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so as far as the here's what the breakdown of some of the basics of what where the company stands. Um, well, today and as of like some of these statistics are from 2014, which you know not terribly far off. Um, as of December 31st, 2014, so actually pretty close to the new year, Boston Beer Company sold approximately 4.1 million barrels of its products. So no, they are not considered craft beer anymore. I would assume not. <laughs> they are Especially way over on the barrelage. Now, yeah, now that it's 2016, I have to imagine that. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's total. Gone. That's total beer of all its types. I right. don't know if that 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 makes the caveat any. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, but maybe would, Samuel Adams is considered um, craft, whereas the Boston Beer Company itself probably isn't. Point. Right. 
Because that, that, that's the tricky thing about this. They've got so many brands and then the subsidiary now. So it's just figuring out where all that falls into place. Right. Um, so the same date, 2000, or yeah, December 31st, 2014, the company sold more than 60 beers under the Sam Adams brand, 11 flavored malt beverages under the Twisted Tea brand, <laughs> 10 hard cider beverages under Angry Orchard, and then more than 20 beers from the four of the brands under Alchemy and Science subsidiary. So uh, there's a, it, it pops up a lot on like commercials for me from like Pandora or something. And there's always like a Sam Adams commercial that comes up because, you know, they know me. Um, mm-hmm. And the, it's, it's like, hey, uh, one of them uh, a while back was, how many different types of beers do you think Sam Adams has? And everyone's like, uh, I can name five. That's a lot. And they're like, oh, yeah? How how about 60 beers just under Sam Adams? And they're like, huh? That, uh, I would think that number would be larger, I guess. Yeah, I think it is. I, I think they actually use the, the total number of all of their stuff, but I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean the God, just the seasonals. <laughs> I swear they have like four different seasonals per season now. Every no, we saw the cabin pack because they have always put out holiday variety packs or seasonal variety packs, and we saw for like a week. We saw it one time at the grocery store. It was the, it, yeah, it was just called the cabin pack, and we hadn't they we've never seen like three of the beers that were in it, and then we're like, oh, we'll hold off and we'll get it next time because we had a fridge full of beer. And then we came back, and it was just gone, and it's never been there again. And I, that actually looked like a variety pack that was worth getting. As far like it wasn't just the standard like here's a couple of seasonals in the Boston Lager, congratulations. It was like, because <laughs> um, it had the the uh, oh god, what's it called? Their Pilsner. Their is it downtime um, Pilsner? There's six packs of that out now. Yeah, but it had that, and it had Cold Snap, which is the transition between winter and spring, which is actually really good. And, um, like two other ones, it wasn't excessive. It wasn't like just throwing like four of them in there just to hope for the best. Um, it may be getting close to cold snap time actually. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I haven't seen it as much of, as some of the other stuff, but I've definitely seen it around a lot more now. Yeah. Um, I I haven't seen any of it yet, but I was figuring it was probably getting around that time. Oh yeah. 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 Cause their stuff always comes out like a good month or so early. (laughs) Um, all right. So, uh, the company-owned breweries are located in Boston, obviously, Boston Beer Company, um, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, I'm going to say this name wrong, Brainigsville, Pennsylvania, uh, Los Angeles, California, which, okay, where Angel City Brewery is, and hey. <laughs> Miami, Florida, where the Concrete Beach Brewery is. So, well, that's all that problem. Concrete Beach does not sound very comfortable. No. That's a very strange name. Walk around without your shoes on. I stepped on some glass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the company sells its products to a network of approximately 350 wholesalers in the U.S. Uh, and then a network of distributors who then, of course, sell it to retailers like pubs, restaurants, grocery stores, etc. They sell their products predominantly in the U.S., but... Uh, markets are also in Canada, Europe, Israel, Australia, New Zealand, the Caribbean, the Pacific Rim, Mexico, and Central and South America. So okay, they're around. So the, the Pacific Rim, <laughs> I can kind of see. I know, you know, they, 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 I, I can kind of get my head around that. Israel, that's. It's kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's little, kind of out of unexpected. nowhere in the middle of like, there's nothing else near them where they're distributing. And they're just like, no, Israel. <laughs> 
what I would like, I would like to see, like, you just visit Israel one day and just be kind of going around, you know, being afraid for explosions. <laughs> uh, but then go like, man, I need to calm down. Hey, there's Sam Adams. Okay, sure. Why not? I want somebody to do a study of like beer to uh, like a beer to tech ratio because Israel is actually a huge tech area as far as like a lot of startups happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the huge the app that we use for like traffic and stuff that Google actually like kind of acquired but didn't, isn't really doing a lot with um, called Waze is oh, yeah, actually yeah. they're based out of Israel. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so Israel has a lot of like a lot of tech stuff, and I'm just kind of wondering. I was like, are there like, I wonder if there's like equal amounts in like tech, huge tech areas of breweries, <laughs> like of just like beer selling. <laughs> if 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 high tech areas uh, lead to to higher beer sales and beer craft beer sales, yeah. Yeah. what kind? The of more beer? nerds, the more beer nerds. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying that nerds and be- and beer drinkers that that Venn diagram is pretty. Yeah. It's not much of a Venn diagram. It, yeah, it's almost one <laughs> circle. There's there's some there's some room on the outliers because some I know some people that that are nerds that don't drink, right? But right. Very some few, people but that yeah. drink that aren't nerds. That side might be a little bit bigger. But... <laughs> I have to wonder what they're drinking then. Hmm. Um, okay, and then uh, so okay, so this is kind of what we talked a little bit about before on the examples. The company produces. Uh, a small batch collection, a barrel room collection, and limited edition beers that are usually available in certain specialty variety packs. Um, I, w- I, I want to see a special edition beer where, you know, the British shot first or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that make, that does kind of work with the brand. Um, That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, of course, they also do, like, the specials for, like, festivities and... and uh, other celebrations for seasonal stuff. And then the Boston Beer Company also has a small R&D brewery located in Boston, uh, Jamaica Plain, where public tours and beer tastings are offered. Um, the brewery occupies part of the premises of the old, oh God, Hafenreffer Brewery? Question mark? Sure. Um, <laughs> like, we can't correct each other on German names, I guess. I'm that's, That looks German as hell. So, Again, uh, yeah. more German. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, so this was, I thought this was interesting. And this is because this includes three different places. As of 2014, the company had 1,325 employees in its Boston, Cincinnati, and Brainingsville locations. Um, the, all those breweries. So that's it. I, I assumed it would be more, but then I guess that's still a pretty big number for three locations. Yeah. Yeah, the one I know the one in Cincinnati. It is not a small complex by any means. Uh, you go down Central Parkway, I believe it is, and you can't miss it. It's just massive vats jutting up next to the road. Mm. Uh, massive vats. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's the mm moment of the episode. Okay, <laughs> thinking of vats of beer, that's definitely a mm mm, moment. That's true. Um, and then finally, so. Uh, Obviously, Sam Adams and you know, Boston Beer itself has gotten some some accolades. Accolades? I don't know how you say it. Accolades. Accolades. Ah, see, I can get corrected too. Um, <laughs> so Forbes had them as uh, number sixty-two on the most innovative growth companies list. Um, also, 
listed as number 21 on America's best small companies. Um, America's got talent for companies. I know. Uh, <laughs> the enterprise value as of May 2015, so actually, you know, not even a full year ago, right? No. Yeah. Um, was $3.4 billion. So Ooh. not not bad. Um, and then this was interesting, I thought, because you assume that Jim Cook just kind of runs the show. And he probably he he does to a, a point. Yeah. Uh, but someone named Ro- Martin Roper is actually the CEO. Is not the son Jim. of Mr. Roper? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I thought that was interesting because I was like, oh, I assumed. I, I, I don't know why. It, it, Jim Cook is almost like the Bill Gates of Microsoft. And I'm sure if you ask people who have no clue, they're like, yeah, Bill Gates is totally running Microsoft. And it's like, no, he hasn't run Microsoft no. for like a good decade or three. Yeah, he's, so, like, he's I, chairman of the board, is it? Um, I know he's still on the board. I yeah, don't. Know, I don't even know that he's chairman. Man, he's got too much time walking around drinking and falling in, falling you know, back into money. Yeah, Cook is kind of a, if you can see him at a an in person appearance, it's just amazing. Oh, the man, he's it, living the dream. Yes, he's so enthusiastic about beer. He's really like that every time I've seen him in person. And he really looks lit the entire time. <laughs> we can't tell if he's genuinely drunk most of the time or if he's just that happy, you know? Like, I mean, maybe he's that everything. happy he's that drunk. <laughs> I'd be that happy if I was that drunk, yes. <laughs> but they've also, they've done some good things with that uh, being valued at $3.4 billion. Uh, they have some philanthropy projects. They have uh, the Samuel Adams Brewing the American Dream Back in 2008, Cook decided to create a philanthropic program. The company has distributed more than $3 million in capital to more than 350 small food and beverage businesses nationwide, enabling them to create or retain more than 2,100 local jobs. The company has also coached more than 5,000 small business owners at various speed coaching events. Is that like speed dating? Yes, but for, I'm guessing, failing businesses. <laughs> sure. I've never heard of this. No, mm. I'm guessing it's something like the Bar Rescue or whatever yeah, shows. I where I wanted to be like Bar Rescue, but like speed dating, though. Like, they come in, they get yelled at for 30 seconds, they ring a bell, and they move to the next one who yells <laughs> at them You're doing this wrong. Seconds. Get out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of a someone with a bar or a brewery is like, oh, we cater to this very unique specific audience and they come in and someone from sam adams says no you're dumb make it more available make it a wider audience (laughs) something like that yeah we make only the most unique artisanal (laughs) toothpicks yeah and they're like no that's dumb yeah make food (laughs) but another thing that came out of this program uh in 2008 during the hop shortage which we talked about earlier uh, that Rogue was right at the head of starting to make their own hops. Maybe they were out there killing the hops so they could <laughs> so they could have it all. But in early 2008, amidst a worldwide shortage of hops, a key ingredient in beer, Boston Beer Company agreed to sell 20,000 pounds of its hops at cost to craft brewers throughout the United States. The company selected 108 craft breweries to divide the 20,000 pounds they had spared. 20,000 pounds of hops. A lot of hops. That was spare. Yeah, that that was spare. They that's that's hops they had overbought. They're sitting there going, "What are we gonna do with all these hops?" And all these craft breweries are 
like begging. They're like, there aren't any hops left. And Sam Adams goes, well, I guess we can give them to you. It's ten ten tons of hops. (laughs) And they did it again in 2012, it says. Yeah, I guess there was another hop incident in 2012. And then they stepped up again. But another one that I know they have big ad campaigns about this. And I really kind of would like to see Casey uh, (laughs) submit to the Long Shot American Homebrew Competition. Created in 1996, the Samuel Adams Long Shot American Homebrew Competition is an annual competition among amateur homebrewers. Homebrewers submit their brew to a series of judging and tasting tests with the chance to see their creation in a larger scale production and sold on store shelves as part of a Samuel Adams mixed six-pack the following year. Yeah, I've seen those a bit. Um, There's there's another company that does that. I think Sierra Nevada does something similar. Oh, yeah, because they do the beer camp thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. But I do like the idea of a Sam Adams one, too, because... Well, I think of Sierra Nevada, I'm like, man, you're over there on that other side of the country. <laughs> what, those... what, what, what happens on our side? You're yeah. over there with those Sierra Nevadas. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're over there listening to their Tupac. What what, what about us for the biggie crowd? <laughs> Indeed. That, that, yeah, that should be how it's referenced from now on. Uh, I'm just saying I may I may have written a treatment for a uh, an alternate universe uh, story involving involving uh, an American East West Civil War with President Biggie Smalls and Emperor Tupac. Jesus, <laughs> I'd read it. I'd read it in a heartbeat. <laughs> so yeah, when like, going over these notes and putting this episode together, like we thought we knew a lot about Sam Adams, and then no, no, I thought no. I knew. I thought I knew Jack, and I thought I knew. Uh, what other word that might get us an explicit label? Um, but yeah, it was no. a lot of fun and very interesting learning about the Boston Beer Company because, I mean, you see them everywhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, and, and I do. I love a lot of Sam Adams beer. Uh, they're they're probably the, the, the brewery that got me into drinking more craft beer because, yeah. like, Guinness got me to like beer. Sam Adams got me to experiment and try other things. Yeah, they really got you looking out there for all the different styles and everything because you could find pretty much every style of – well, not every style, but you can find a lot of styles of beer under the one brand. And and I, I'm i not saying they have the best Oktoberfest, but they have the Oktoberfest that tastes like home to me. Whenever I drink it, it's just like – this is what I want. Yeah, you'll try all the other ones, but then you're like, well, that was nice. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm going to have some more Sam Adams now. I know I can back, get that. Always go back to the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. It may be because it was the first one we had, so that's the taste that we associate with it the most. But then again, at Oktoberfest, it's also the one where you can't walk two feet without coming into a booth selling it. It helps when they sponsor two, things, yeah. Two dry, arduous feet. <laughs> where I'm just like, I don't have any more. Bu- there we are. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Oh no! I've still got this cream puff, but I'm completely out of beer. Mm, cream. Puff. Fill this cream puff full of beer. I mean, <laughs> that would be amazing, and you know it. Um, <laughs> Fill this cream puff full of beer. Give me a deep fried uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, oh, and all yeah. the worst you can give. Oh, let's not even talk about it. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't. I, as I said, kind of earlier, which is it's okay. So just a. A warning, I guess. None of us picked a freaking Sam Adams for the one we're drinking. But I, I was telling, I was telling Justin earlier that it's more of like, 
it's kind of sam adams is always a good go-to but if i want to try new stuff for the show i feel like i've either already had all that sam adams has to offer that i want to try or or maybe i'm too excited about other things that i'm i'm super haven't tried or that are just weird that i want to try first because i always know i can go back to sam adams and it's easily available i have a six pack of boston lager in my fridge uh, and I can talk about that anytime. Uh, but I've got something that like they were selling out of uh, recently, so that's what I was going to do for the, the what I'm drinking. But man, uh, yeah, no, you're you're right. It, it, it's it's the same kind of idea with me. Like I want to try to find something unique, and I just feel like if I just pick a Sam Adams every time, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just everyone's had that. Right. Well, uh, and then for certain seasonals, maybe it would make sense or certain when they, I mean, they have limited releases like anybody else does, yeah, but, and, um, it's, it's still not the same. I guess it's just like, <laughs> they're like, they're like Netflix or something. They're like, well, yeah. it's going to be there. I can get to it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and they've also, they've got the, the, um, th- this time of year, the only thing like when I went out to go find, cause I, I searched for a Sam Adams beer that I thought would be at least a little bit unique for the show. Mm-hmm. They all they had was like winter lager and uh, and the Sam Adams Boston lager and I was like, nope, no, I can't do. We've talked about winter beer, yeah, and really uh, well, and I, I I thought about doing the Boston lager. It again, I'm I'm like looking near my near my my kitchen, just going, I could I could get some more Boston lager right now. I've almost finished this beer, but yeah, I totally already finished mine. But I, yeah, and. I don't know what it is. Like, there's so many other ones. And maybe it's because we're doing the show and we're like, we're so excited to try so many other things, especially things that you know aren't going to be out for very long. Yeah. So, that yeah, maybe that's it, I guess. Yeah, well, the conversation seems to have already steered this way, so why don't we get into what we're drinking? Yeah. You're what we're drinking. Wait, that sounds weird. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. It only kind yeah. of works, you know. <laughs> that one, that one went a little, little in a weird place. A little bit. Yeah. Um. So, I I did just finish my beer a minute ago. I decided to be adventurous and try something, not entirely different, but at least from an entirely different brewery. So we have a brewery within um kind of the the big local liquor store. No, this is the place where. If you're looking for something rare or out of the ordinary, they probably have it. Yeah. So, like, in Lexington, Kentucky, they have Liquor Barn, which is, like, a big deal. <laughs> which, yeah, and I, it's, it's, that name always kind of gets me, but I'm just like, man, I'm just going to go to the Liquor Barn. It's fine. Yeah. Well, and, and then there was even, like, a Liquor Barn Express, some, like a new circle or something. Yeah, no, that's near where I live. That's, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but so our, our sort of equivalent is Party Source in Newport, Kentucky. Better name. It's a better a bit, name. A little bit, yeah. Um, so they have a brewery actually there and it's called Eight Ball Brewing. I can't remember. Do you remember what the it's, style is? That's like the, their big thing. Is it an IPA I'm, or something? I'm reading the name of this brewery and that's not how you say it. That's I eight. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the, oh. so the branding is such that the number eight is the G in the word eight. Yes. And that would not be how you pronounce, I, pronounce Yeah, I'm not a fan, but that's just also because I have, it makes me kind of just glitch out. Yeah, I don't like, okay, I've, honestly, I've never had one of their beers, 
but I don't like their labeling to the point that it's an eyesore. That I, <laughs> if I see it on a shelf because it is obviously on their shelves, but on any other shelves, I immediately avert my eyes. I, it looks so bad. Whoever does their marketing, it's a little stressful. Looking. Is just awful. Just I've not, awful. I've not seen it, but all I can think now is that it's a blight on the landscape of, of visual labels. Yeah, it's it's bad. But apparently the beer labels. Apparently the beer is pretty good because they came home with at least one, I believe, silver medal at Great American Beer from Denver I mean, this past year. All right, was... they were like the only brewery from the Cincinnati yeah. area to bring home any medals. Don't don't judge a beer by its label. See, okay. Um, first of all. I just want to complain about their website right now. And honestly, like, what is... Okay, so I had um, their chocolate milk stout ale, which I don't... Chocolate milk stout ale? Yeah, I'm not 100% why ale is tacked on there, because if it's a stout, then guess what? It's a stout. But um, I... Okay. It wasn't bad. Like... (laughs) (laughs) But it, it was just kind of there. It was just, oh, yeah, it kind of tastes like a stout, I guess. Um, there was no choc- There was no really heavy chocolate notes as opposed to some other... Like, once you've had the really stuff... The, the stuff that straight up tastes like chocolate, you're like, anyway, I guess this is supposed to be chocolate. Like some Samuel some- Smith's organic chocolate stout? Yeah, or, oh. or the stuff from, from Taps Ale House in Cincinnati, which was just... It was brewed with cacao nibs, for crying out loud. But this is just chocolate stout it's 7.8 percent abv um it doesn't mention anything about ibus there's really no hop taste at all um it's just kind of a stout i guess like it it wasn't bad but i probably wouldn't get it again so just i don't know be aware of that if you're in newport and you like oh eight ball don't do it i guess (laughs) it didn't didn't impress you no it it was just it was just like oh that's uh it's definitely a stout or a beer of some kind so um, There's that. Okay, I'm not a fan. All right, so um, now that I just opened up a fresh one, we have uh, something a little different for me. Uh, I was, I was in, in fact, the, the liquor barn, uh, and saw that there was only like one six pack, and there might have been a whole case around the corner, uh, but it was all they had of the arrogant bastard bourbon barrel aged variant. The Bourbon Barrel Aged Arrogant Bastard, however you want to title that. Uh, from the Arrogant Bastard Brewing Company, it's a strong ale at around 8% ABV. We don't normally mention IBUs necessarily, but this one's at 100. That's a bit more than I'm usually used to. Uh, but I saw the little uh, the little devil demon logo guy with a beer on him, and I went, I know you're going to be hoppy. Yeah, yeah. that's... But you say bourbon barrel aged. I'm going in. I'm going to try it. I bought a whole six pack. Wow. Those are coming out of, that's the first one I've seen. I had noticed on uh, the beer subreddit, people talking about Stone is, you know, they're the brewery who makes Arrogant Bastard. Right. But they've started doing this, like, they gave away the recipe to Arrogant Bastard. They just, Mm. they gave it away to all kinds of different breweries. And everything these other breweries started making with it is coming out under the brewery brand of Arrogant Bastard Brewing Company. 
Right, because I when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this is a, uh, this is Stone because they do Arrogant Bastard." And then I, I was typing into Untapped to check in for the first time, and it said Arrogant Bastard Brewing Company. And I went, "Are you a subsidiary of Stone? What happened here?" Didn't know, didn't know that little detail until you just said it. But. Yeah, they've, they, there was no, there wasn't a big fanfare about this. They just kind of did it and. At least I didn't hear any fan. I just saw like one or two, you know, things pop up. People going, "What is this arrogant bastard brewing company?" Thought Stone made arrogant bastard, right? But it's just this big experiment that they're running, and this is the first I've seen from it. And I've been staring at a six pack down at the party source, contemplating buying it and throwing it in the cellar to try it next year to see how it. Well, how it it's, ages. it's already it's already been aged a little bit. It has uh, what I think is wonderful uh, little thing on the back uh it's it's a little message uh essentially from the beer bottle to you and it's like i didn't give you permission to pick me up let alone drink me <laughs> being groped as you mutter to yourself taxes my patience uh and it, it goes on for a whole like paragraph or so and it's uh and that's pretty funny but uh so I, I picked up this, and I'm going, okay, arrogant bastard, you're going to be hoppy, you're going to blow up my taste buds, but you know what? I want to try try something, and you're barrel-aged. That'll that'll help. It says, you know, on the neck, aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, mm. uh, because, well, technically, I guess now you can not be from Kentucky and be a bourbon barrel, but mm-hmm. the, 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 the clarification for what makes a bourbon is evolving i'll say but um anyway this is actually pretty good uh, i enjoy it. it it is hoppier it's it's pretty high on the hop end of what i would normally drink uh but it's it's very nice and rich um there's a lot of flavors going on in there you can the hop is the most obvious thing but you can start like picking up little little bits of stuff in there underneath it and it's uh you get a little bit of sweetness from the like from kind of like the vanilla stuff that you get out of out of a bourbon barrel stuff, not much, not a whole lot, but the 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 barrel aging calms the hops down a little bit. I would say, mm. like I, it's still at a hundred IBUs, but it's it doesn't feel nearly as bad to me. I'll drink. I've I, well, I've this is my last bottle of my six pack, wow. and uh, I bought it. I mean, I haven't been drinking it every day, uh, but. Still, it's it's been it's been enjoyable. Again, it's like eight percent, so you, know, you do a couple of these, and it's you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not getting you're not going to get riggedy wrecked, but you'll be on your way. <laughs> You've got a good start. Yeah, <laughs> good running start. All right, Chris, what 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 are you drinking? I am. I'm almost ashamed to say is the first time I've had it. Uh, I'm having a Shakespeare oatmeal stout from Rogue. Mm. And, yeah, it's, as the name says, an oatmeal stout. Don't feel ashamed. I've not had it either, but it sounds good. You know, as far as oatmeal stouts go, it's not my favorite. Hmm. Is uh, Samuel Smith your favorite? Um, No, I would actually say Founders. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Be my favorite. No, Founders makes it good. But it's coming in at 5.7 ABV, so it's not too high. Um. Yeah, I think it was like 60 IBUs, which was kind of weird, but it that's kind of where I'm not liking it, is because it really has this dry aftertaste on your tongue. Like, after finishing the beer, I'm sitting here, and my mouth is parched. I just want to <laughs> chug a gallon of water, 
Uh, it didn't taste bad. It's just like the after effect it has had on my tongue. <laughs> I have a different suggestion. Chug a gallon of Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Or take one of the really hoppy ones in there. <laughs> yeah, sneak in there and grab one of your... Is it grapefruit IPAs? Tangerine, thank Tan- you very much. No, it's, it's like a tangerine grapefruit. It's, it's no, tangerine it's, something. It's te- no, it's, it's tangerine. It's, it's a me, tangerine fruit. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I, I've almost picked one of those, and now I kind of wish I did because I'm not a huge fan of this. But I have had like four IPAs in the last two weeks and have loved every single one of them because they all had some type of fruit variant. <laughs> like... Who, like, who are you and what have you done with Brittany? I know. So <laughs> I got the New New Belgium's Tangerine IPA. Uh, I tried, we did another Create Your Own Six Pack, and I got, speaking of Stone, Stone's um, Delicious IPA, which has lemon in it and some other kind of, um, some other kind of hops. And, um, oh God, what was the other one? Oh, the other one was called Raja. And it straight up smells and tastes like pineapples. But that was just, that was from the hop. We were out at dinner with it Casey. It was, but it was delicious. Because we did another uh, blind tasting after the day after we did that actual tasting that we recorded. This was a smaller group smooth. of us, and this was all stuff Casey had brewed. But it was, when we went out to dinner, it was just the hop that was giving but it was good, and even Ian liked it, and Ian hates IPAs. I thought it was pretty good, too, and it, everyone it, knows my stance on IPAs. Yeah, but when you smelled it, it just smelled of pineapples, and it was amazing. And it, so our listener, Tyler, even commented on my check-in. He was like, an IPA? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I like how you said that. Our listener, Tyler. Well, well okay, the, the one one of the listeners. Yeah, the, the one uh, referencing the one, you know, the one of the people who have actually written in so far. Um, yeah, that's true, and we love him. Yeah, he, he's following <laughs> us on Untapped now. So, uh, but yeah, I just I thought that was funny. I, I I've had four different IPAs now, and the Tangerine one, I'm telling you. Plus, it's New Belgium. I dare them to do something wrong. Like that's true. And, and okay, I think all of us have kind of. I don't I don't remember if you've had it, Bob, but the IPA mm-hmm. at uh, Braxton. Their their um, IPA is quite good, which, but and that that kind one? of furthers the point that they don't make any bad beer. No, I, I haven't tried their IPA. I've had uh, I didn't have their their Strom, their Storm. Sorry, not Storm. What the hell is, never mind. <laughs> well, and then, uh, and thankfully that's the one that's in cans now, so at least it's accessible. Um, oh crap! Speaking of cans, there is a can of Rheingeist Casey has left in my glove in my glove compartment. Oh, I I don't know how long ago either. I just oh, opened it up one day trying to find something and went. There's a there's a can of beer in my. <laughs> Unexpected. He truly is the liquor fairy. Like he just <laughs> leaves alcohol everywhere. He's, apparently yeah, in your glove true. compartment. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Um That's no, so uh, and by the way, only some of us got to go out and eat with uh Casey and sample beer. Uh some of us had to work and wanted to kill themselves. Uh <laughs> some of us will be looking for different jobs. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I, well, I mean, it was just, it was so random. He's just like, I'm going to come up and, it was a triangle tasting, as he called it. Yeah, there was, um, it was the same style of beer that he brewed. There were three, because it was blind. Uh, two of them were the exact same thing, but one of them was brewed with a different hop that was supposed to be, a, it was part of his uh, home brewing club, and uh, the other hop is supposed to be indistinguishable from the other one. 
just hmm. supposed to be a substitute. And of the four of us that had it, three of us were instantly able to tell a difference and pick it out. Were you or were you just lucky? I wasn't because I guessed wrong. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say who was the one who could No, it was on me. But they were good. They just, you know. No, they were all good. <laughs> Speaking of tastings, Casey and home brewing, uh, he's working on like a whole bunch of batches of stuff right now. Uh, right, right. We sh- we were planning on doing a tasting at some point with his stuff, right? Is I that a- think so. No, he's brewing for that big competition where he's got to brew ten beers, and then we get to reap the rewards. Yeah, we just get the rest. He right? can't. They only need like one bottle of each kind, but he right, can't I'm just, just make a single bottle. So. That's when we get to reap the reward. <laughs> and he's like, oh, here's all this it's, beer. It's been it's been a little while since I've had a nice amount of Casey's homebrewed stuff. <laughs> I think that was the first time I've had any, honestly. Cause we, I, oh, you, yeah, you, weren't at the batch, you weren't at Chris's bachelor party. No, obviously. no. Cause... <laughs> that was one of Casey's that would be first weird. projects. That was when, what was it, you all just dumped an entire <laughs> bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label Jesus into that into... scotch ale. Yeah, and into a keg of, uh, uh, okay, so I don't know if we've talked about this before. Casey had made what we called the, the Scotch Walker Ale for uh, for Chris's bachelor party, and it was like there was a bottle of Johnny Walker Black uh, added into the whole vat of it. Um, plus, it, uh, he spent a little bit of time, it spent a little time inside of a Buffalo Trace bourbon barrel, I believe. Hmm. Uh, because... When when you guys got you know you were scouting out the location for where you were getting married, we, me and Casey were there, and he went, "I'm buying a barrel." <laughs> <laughs> me and him rolled it to the parking lot. Uh, yeah, we got BT Dubs for the listeners. We got married at a um, bourbon distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky, called Buffalo Trace. So <laughs> beautiful location. Yeah. Oh God, and and not badly priced at all. If if you happen to live in Kentucky, or you feel like getting married at a distillery i mean they do it and just make sure you let them know whose liquor you've put behind that bar <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll not speak of that yeah incident. that's a that's a touchy subject um oh so i found that braxton thing it's the crankshaft ipa that's their year-round ipa but you got to try their black ipa recently too so yeah yeah that's I, when i was you look at it and you're like oh wow this is so dark it almost looks like a stout and my, then you my, take a big drink. You're like, nope, oh, still an IPA. <laughs> my my black my Blackston, my Braxton, <laughs> uh, my Braxton uh, taste selection has been fairly limited. I, I I've done their dark charge, which is the stuff they've done recently. I've had their stout, and I believe I've had their maybe it wasn't a porter. I, I I've had something else of theirs. I just don't recall what it, it was. It may have but... been the porter. The porter is the next like biggest biggest yeah. deal. I've had the porter, and then I've had the the storm. But the other stuff I haven't had a chance to try yet. Uh, next time I'm up, I will. I'm probably going to see what I can do about. Yeah, because you've only been there twice, I think. Yeah. yeah. I wish yeah. I could use that as the segue. I wanted to so bad mm-hmm. to go. Speaking of next time, he'll be up. Oh. But oh. but you can't but make it. Once we again, today. I'm going to be left out and thinking about killing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Sad face. We're going to be attending the Cincinnati Winter Beer Fest. It's going to be at the Duke Energy Convention Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, The event is taking place February 12th and 13th. We are only attending on the 13th. That Saturday. That Saturday. 
because tickets are forty-five to a hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, depending. So they have three different packages that you can get, and and they also have a hotel package, which costs even more, obviously, because you're paying for the hotel too. But uh, yeah, so there was no way <laughs> we're doing two days. Yeah, so we'll be down there that Saturday night. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or anything, just let us know uh, that you're going to be there, and maybe we can all arrange somewhere to meet and pal around on the convention floor as we're trying stuff. Uh, we're probably going to try and do a special episode after that, but me and Brittany and Casey will all be there. We wish Bob could be there. He will be in spirit. <laughs> uh, well, and if nothing else, you... make, but I'm, I'm not gonna. <laughs> we can share all the all the notes of of what's going on, and and it could give you stuff to look for, honestly. So, um, if we tried something, I mean, generally we all tend to like a lot of the same stuff. So, if we try something that we think you could look for, then that would be cool because they they'd probably have it at Liquor Barn for all we know. Right. Yeah, everyone's um, going to be making some real Sophie's choices that night because there are going to be more than 350 craft beers available, including Sam Adams, as we've talked about today, uh, Mad Tree, which is a local favorite, Uinta, and Deschutes. But with your ticket, letters. <laughs> but with your ticket, <laughs> you only get 25 tastes. So out of oh, 350 yeah. beers, you only get to try 25, and you only yeah. have... We got the early entry tickets, which will allow us to get through the doors at 6.30. The actual major opening isn't until 7.30. So we have four hours, <laughs> and that is it. Yeah. And actually, so that that same weekend, we're we're going to be recording an episode anyway, that Sunday. Yeah. So yeah. That we can, just, uh, we can talk about it then. I may be available for that one. We're... Valentine's Day is a very, very bad day work-wise for me. Mm. Um, so we'll see. We'll, uh, I, I plan to try to be there for recording. So Okay. Either way, we'll get there will be an episode up around the regular episode time, whether or not it's just the special Beer Fest episode or a regular episode along with that. We'll wait to be seen. Yeah. Right. Um, um there's been, you know, you say the Cincinnati Beer Fest. There's also the, there's also a, a Lexington one during. It's usually, I think, during the summer. It's a food and beer thing. So maybe we'll see if by trying to get on, get it in on that one. Right. Oh yeah. Well, and I hate to. It's really hard not to bring up a lot of localized stuff because the this is such a huge beer area now, and plus, yeah. you know, it's the stuff that's around us, and and we've talked about that before. We, we don't want to make it all like, hey, so anyway, Ohio and Kentucky only. But um, it's just, it's kind of what's available to us. Like, if, you know, if anybody does happen to be around or are traveling for work or whatever the case may be, and you get to come, that'd be awesome. Um, but we do, we do realize, like, and we hope to do, we hope to venture out. And of course, um, you know, 2017, when we go to Nerdtacular, um, in case anybody isn't aware, which is completely separate from beer, but we're also kind of nerds. And no, no, it can be part of beer, as <laughs> we found out last year. There, we got there. We can... We're like, what are all these Utah beers that we've never had? Yeah, and um, man, can you get drunk when the altitude is high? Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. So, <laughs> Snowbird uh, had some had some good selection, I think, for beers, um, and that's where we actually got to try uh, Uintas for the first time. Um, 
but, but yeah, so that that's at least a different locale. But for the most part, we are we do apologize that it's so localized, and we're going to try to to vary on that eventually. But this is the stuff that's near us, so it's kind of the stuff that makes the most sense for us to talk about. But if we get to try anything completely different, because there will be breweries there from all over the country, then of course we'll get to talk about that, and maybe you can find some near you. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, you can find some from other other areas. Make sure to you know talk to them. Figure out about you know about their brewery. Learn something so we can do another episode about that like this on on some of them. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. There will be more more episodes to come about individual breweries as we thirst for knowledge. <laughs> ouch! Um. <laughs> <laughs> Is it couch or ouch? It could have gone either way. Because um, couch no, sounds funnier with you two being married. I'm sleeping <laughs> on the couch tonight. Apparently for that bad one. Okay. No, no. We do hope to talk about other breweries in the future, but uh, for now, I guess that's uh, it for this episode, unless anybody has anything else. Um, no, other than beer good. Right, right. So beer good! Our, our normal sentiments. Sobriety bad! <laughs> <laughs> Except for when you're at work, no. drink responsibly, kids. Um, <laughs> so, uh, just remember to go check us out at haveadrinkshow.com. Uh, you can find our uh, respective untapped profiles there in addition to Twitter, SoundCloud, and Facebook for the show itself. Um, tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback if you want at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. That's the email address. Or you can use the feedback link on the website. There's a little contact form there. You can, uh, It does the same thing, basically. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and uh, Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, both of those things are amazing, and we love them. And you can find links to their stuff on the episodes page of the site. Uh, also remember to f- subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. And please rate us on iTunes. Even if you don't uh, use iTunes, just go in there real quick and and rate us. Spread the word. Uh, let everyone know about us. And let us know how much you love us or tolerate us. <laughs> uh, you can find links to subscribe on the, uh, on the website. All right. Uh, so it'll be another couple of weeks for the next episode. So check us out then. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.